from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to another Locked On Chiefs. This is your Red Friday edition, a special Red Friday edition, considering the Chiefs play tomorrow on Saturday against the Los Angeles Chargers. I am Chris Clark. I am a staff writer at Arrowhead Addict. I am the editor of LockedOnChiefs.com. Hey, and I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics, also over on Locked On Chiefs. Uh, but uh, you can find my writing over at Chiefs Digest as well with Matt Derrick. A uh, lot of interesting stuff. We have a great show for you with Eric Eager coming up from Pro Football Focus here in a little bit. We're going to go through the key matchups and give you our predictions here just in a minute. But please check out the rest of the podcast network. Uh, make sure that you're checking out the Chargers. Matt Stanley was on with us earlier in the week. If you missed that, go back and check that one out. Um, he'll give you some insight into what they're feeling and what they're uh, really going about right now in Chargers land. Should be interesting, and uh, this is a special game on a special night, so uh, I'm sure you want all the information you can get. Chris, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I would be lying if I said I felt good about it, but I, you know, the Chargers did give uh, me some promising news on uh, Thursday evening with uh, Casey Hayward being questionable for the game. So that's a positive. At least yeah, his my absence would make a big difference, I think. Especially, um, you know... Uh, Matt Harmon put out uh, his next-gen stats look at this matchup earlier today. And in general, uh, the Chargers are fifth in passer rating on passes of, of 20 yards plus. Uh, their defense is pretty stout uh, when going downfield. And, and we all know that's something Alex Smith and Matt Nagy want to do more. Um, if Hayward's missing, I think that changes that strategy quite a bit. Yeah, it could. I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I, I hope at least uh, Kansas City's defense and offense is able to show up uh, at the same time this week. Yeah, that's really the question mark, isn't it? Because if they can put yes. another whole game together, they're going to be in good shape. Well, if they can put a whole game together, I don't think another would be the right way to put that. Okay, another three quarters of a game? Uh, I don't think they... <laughs> I don't think with Philip Rivers in in Los Angeles, if they put three quarters of a game together, they win. Yeah, and that's a fair point. They've been on fire lately, and it's not just Philip Rivers on the other side of the ball. That pass rushing duo. I mean, as much as I don't want to admit, it, Joey Bosa is better than I thought he would be at this level at this point in his career. Uh, and, and they've been wreaking havoc. Not to mention Corey Legion's coming off a really good game. The, the Chiefs need to make some yardage running the ball between the tackles, and that seems to be the weakest part of the defense. Again, something that Matt Stanley echoed earlier in the week. Uh, because the, the the stout pass defense is there, I think the Chiefs got to get Kareem Hunt going early. Yeah, they absolutely do. And, you know, if they are able to get the running game going, that's going to be a, a very big positive going into this game. Uh, one thing that's you know, was talked about early in the week was, you know, you've got two tackles in Kansas City that are the only two tackle, only team in the league to have two tackles that have played 500 snaps. And you got Mitchell Schwartz, who hasn't allowed a lot of pressure. Uh, he's one of the least in the NFL. And then you have Eric Fisher on the other side, uh, who is doing a pretty decent job. I'm not going to say it's been great, but pretty good or good enough uh, if Alex Smith will, you know, stay in the pocket. Yeah, and I think that's really key, especially um, when I think the, the way that they can make the most early 
success out of the passing game is probably by some some plays that develop a little bit longer. Um, I think the key matchup is probably Travis Kelsey against those linebackers. Uh, I want to see them get him the ball predominantly and then go to Hill uh, after that off of maybe some play action. But uh, I'm really looking for that to be a huge key in the passing game. Getting Travis Kelsey involved early is always a good thing for Kansas City's offense. They seem to do very well if he gets involved early in the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling fairly optimistic. What's your prediction here? Uh, honestly, I'm going back and forth on this right now. I'm, I'm thinking Chargers 27, Kansas City 21. Wow, that's exactly the score that I have, except I haven't flipped. I'm taking the Chiefs at 27, Chargers 21. Um, really, I think the injuries might play a big role in it. But at the end of the day, I look at who the Chargers have been playing in this this run that they've had, and I'm not that impressed. Um, I think, again, it all comes down to which Chiefs team shows up. And that's my problem. And that's why I can't pick Kansas City to win. Uh, they may not have been winning against great teams, but they were at least winning. And Kansas City's played enough bad teams and lost. So... <laughs> to me, that's that's my struggle with with picking them to win this game. Is I just I, I don't see it. Uh, they played, you know, they got up early in this game against the Chargers earlier this year and made Philip Rivers pay for uh, what was going on. But I don't know, you know, if they can do that again early, that'd be great. But I don't expect that again this time around. Well, folks, that's it. It's a coin toss. Maybe the same score, but we have it coming out in different ways. Let us know what you think. Hit us up on the Twitter account for Locked On Chiefs. Um, and we're going to talk more in depth with some of these matchups right now with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. And I know you've been waiting on this, Chiefs fans. We have him back. Eric Eager is with us from Pro Football Focus. Thanks for coming back, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know you guys have seen my retweets of him. Uh, lots of impressive stat research going on and foreshadowing, I think, from the last time that you were here, specifically about Alex Smith. And yes, the, the conversations kind of died down. Uh, a lot of uh, lit torches and stomping of the ground for uh, Pat Mahomes. But uh, Smith rebounded at, at some point against... Uh, what we thought was going to be a difficult game. Uh, I think the change in Matt Nagy has has helped him. Um, but then again, the next week goes back to against the Raiders, a little bit more of himself. Uh, I know you had thought he was a regression candidate when we talked a month ago. How do you feel about him where he is now? Uh, I think Smith is kind of who he is, right? If you looked at the game uh, the other day, you know, he he's still throwing downfield at a, you know, decent compared to the rest of his career, but you know, on passes more than 20 yards downfield, he had two completions the other day, whereas it seems like he was getting two to three to four every week, uh, you know, leading up, you know, during their 5-0 and o stretch. Um, he's still, you know, kind of a master of throwing underneath. Uh, he, you know, passes between 10 to, you know, 10 to 19 yards. He only completed four of those the other day. One of them was intercepted uh, by Carl Joseph. So I think he's, he's starting to become kind of the guy that, you know, we always thought he could be, which is, you know, sort of, as we've seen the last four years, he's good enough to beat the Raiders at home, probably good enough to beat the Chargers at home. Um, but in terms of, you know, the Super Bowl hopes that we all had after five weeks, um, that that's up for debate. 
And I think that's really what it comes down to, right, is he played out of his norm early, um, fell poorly on his face, kind of got it back up. Uh, my question to you is it looks like from my perspective that the change to Matt Nagy has helped him in terms of balancing um, downfield throws versus the behind-the-line-of-scrimmage stuff. Um, but also it seems like he's getting the ball out rather quickly. Yeah, last week, um, time to throw was about 2.25 seconds, which is one of the quicker ones uh, that we saw in the league. I think, you know, com- combining the Travis Kelsey, who's leading tight ends and yards after the catch and yards receiving, um, yards after the catch by about 100 yards over the next best tight end, uh, to Tyreek Hill, who's actually got more yards than, than Kelsey and fewer yards after the catch, which I think th- sort of throws a dagger into the idea that he's a sort of a gadget guy. They've been using Hill the last few weeks as a downfield guy. I think that, to me, is the biggest improvement that they've made. Um, And, you know, this gets back to kind of their game this week against the Los Angeles Chargers. The last time the the Chiefs and Chargers played, um, Tyreek Hill got down the field on a a deep cross um, to sort of put put the Chiefs on the board in that game. And I think, you know, with the Chargers being so solid in the secondary, um, you know, Tyreek Hill is sort of one of those equalizers where I don't care how good your cornerback is, it's going to be hard for him to turn his hips and run with Hill. So I think if that continues, the Chiefs can have some success against the Chargers, especially considering the Chargers are giving up the second most yards per carry allowed in the league this year. Do you think that time to throw is particularly important for Alex Smith? Do they need to continue that 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 quick passing game? I you know I think so in the sense that you look at kind of his ability to hit secondary receivers. And it doesn't look as, you know, you look at some of those quarterbacks like the big Ben Roethlisberger and the Tom Brady's of the world, um, the Aaron Rodgers especially, you know, they're able to sort of go from read one to read two, uh, you know, back backside to a guy like Demarcus Robinson. Um, and, you know, with hit, with uh, Smith, it doesn't seem like he's really capable of getting past maybe a second read before he either thinks about running or thinks about a check down. And, you know, that's so – you know, I think that it's better off for them possibly to give him just one option and have, you know, maximize that option as quickly as possible. Now, that being said, if you can find the right coverage and get a guy like Hill deep or even Travis Kelsey kind of in that middle of the field, especially against, you know, what I think to be a defense in the Chargers that's better on the outside than they are in the middle of the field, I think that, you know, mixing and matching those two things would be beneficial for them. Well, and you bring up an interesting concept there because uh, not to sidetrack the conversation, but I I have a, a bone to pick with them because I feel like whether it's because he's a, a secondary read or because he's not the primary enough, but this this concept of not using Demarcus Robinson and continuing to throw to Demetrius Harris is something that gets under my skin. And I, I know I'm probably a little bit hotter about it than, than most people are, but what's your take on, on that particular scenario? You know, it's always been this way with them, right? Like Chris Conley had like all the combine measurables that you could have asked for. He seems to have good hands. Um, you know, he, he, he would get open when he, but then he goes an entire season as a starting wide receiver in the NFL without catching a touchdown pass. You know, I just, I don't necessarily know if it's a reflection on the talent level of those secondary receivers, uh, as much as it is just the ability, um, to, to feature them, you know, offensively. And I, I sort of get that, right? If you're a number two receiver on a team, number two wide receiver on a team where your primary guy is as good as Hill and your tight end is as good as Kelsey, then I can understand an offense that doesn't 
manufacture plays for a guy like Robinson, especially, you know, when he came into the season as probably the third or fourth, fifth receiver on the team. That being said, it is a missed opportunity for them because as far as secondary receivers go, it looks like he's got a lot of talent. And so I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd, they'd be remiss, I think, if they, you know, didn't start to throw down field to him a little bit more considering his, his ability. Now, on the other side of the field, you made a, a very astute observation about a guy that struggled in his first 39 snaps. Uh, Darrell Rivas is an older player, new to this team, but very, very experienced in the concept uh, and had a, a very solid outing against the Raiders. Does that stand out to you as an anomaly or you think it's, it's statistically um, pertinent to what might go on going forward? I think if the Chiefs are smart, they can they can have a, a functional secondary over the next you know three weeks and possibly going into the playoffs. The reason I say that is I think when they go into the game and Bob Sutton realizes he has to be creative with how he sort of uses Terrence Mitchell and Daryl Revis, I think it, they come out of it. And frankly, you know, Derek Carr did not play well, but they come out of it looking okay. Um, you know, and so I think. You know, with with Steven Nelson on the inside is a, is a pretty good player. He hasn't played that well this year, but he's a pretty good player. Marcus Peters back on the left side. I think if they can mix and match Terrence Mitchell and Dale Rivas, um, I you know I think that their secondary, as I said, could be functional. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much to project Rivas because he didn't play particularly well last season, and you know it wasn't clear that he was interested in tackling against the Jets, for example. Um, but the talent is still there and. I, I like what Mitchell's done is in terms of a ball hawk. He has nine pass defenses, and you know he's only allowed forty nine percent of the passes in his coverage to be complete. Um, and he's intercepted three passes, so I think they can kind of mix and match those two guys, and they really might have something on the at the right cornerback spot, which has really been you know their problem for two years. So um, you know, uh, in terms of what they've had before, I think Revis pre- uh, presents an upgrade. Well, and I'm certainly looking forward to that, and and I'm also looking forward to talking to you in the off season because I do a lot of specifics about the draft and trying to find that guy who should be the second cornerback because I think overall, like you said, they can make this a passable secondary, uh, but for the future, I think they still need to build there. Yeah, I mean, last season I wrote the drafts needs article for the for the Chiefs, and I put right cornerback, you know, and I thought. You know, I thought that they were at least going to go after somebody, you know, guys that fell in the draft. You know, you're going to see Los Angeles Chargers guy um, Desmond King this week. You know, he fell all the way to the fifth round. I sort of I did not see, you know, not drafting him in the, at least the third or fourth round for the Chiefs kind of as an unacceptable, you know, approach. Jordan Lewis fell, I think, to one of the middle rounds, third or fourth round to the, the Cowboys. Um, there were a lot of good cornerbacks in the draft. And the fact that the Chiefs, their only defensive back that they chose was Leon McQuay who just got activated. They drafted him. He was a safety in college and they wanted to project him as a nickel corner. And then he couldn't cut it there. So he became um, back to being a, um, a safety again. Like I just thought that that was inexcusable. And I'm wondering, you know, you know, whether they approach it in free agency, whether they approach it in the draft. I mean, they're going to have to put a lot of bodies uh, at that position and kind of like work it out to say nothing of whether or not they're convinced that Marcus Peters is a long-term option at the left cornerback spot. Yeah, I think honestly at this point everything's up in the air. We have to see how everything shakes out uh, post-suspension for him as well. Um, before we slide off of the defense, I hadn't thought about this until somebody just mentioned it to me on Twitter, but uh, two of the top 12 inside linebackers 
in the NFL today are, are former Alabama players, and one of them plays for the Chiefs. Um, I, I know you haven't looked into this. We weren't planning on talking about it, but just your your reaction to the season that Reggie Ragland's had. Yeah, I mean, I you know I was surprised when he took over from Ramik Wilson. I didn't think Ramik lost it lost his job, but um, you know, I it was a very you know it's, he's been a very plus player so far um, in terms of you know, making, you know, being a thumper against the run. I don't think that they've had that kind of player on their defense in quite some time. Um, you know, it's been Derek Johnson, who's kind of more of a finesse linebacker, a good coverage guy. Um, but I think Raglan provides at least somebody that can play for them on the first two downs of possessions. And I think Kevin Pierre-Lewis is a guy um, that is kind of in the Derek Johnson mold. And hopefully, you know, he didn't play particularly well when he was in Seattle, but it looks like they've found a home for him. So that'd be pretty cool if they could get those two linebacker spots uh, shored up over, you know, the next, you know, three to five years. Yeah, I think, I think it's uh, something that I thought could happen. I'm, I'm glad to see that it came to fruition. A guy that I really liked out of college, and, I, and I'm looking forward to that going forward. But as we move on to, <clears throat> again, the opposite side of the field, I know you you are pretty adamant about <laughs> people who call Tariq Hill uh, a gadget player. And I, I want to go back to what you said earlier about um, the yards after the catch versus total yards. And it's interesting to me that Travis Kelsey is actually getting more yak than Hill is at this point. Is that something that you expected when you started this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did actually. I mean, Travis Kelsey was one of those players that was, had more yards after the catch than any tight end in the league. And it was by a substantial margin last year. So he on his side, I've always sort of expected that, especially with, um, you know, the way that they use him on bubble screens. They kind of do that three tight end thing where uh, they throw him the ball with two tight ends kind of split out with him. Or, you know, they like that tunnel screen or kind of throwing it to him over the middle. And he's just a dynamite after the catch, to be quite honest. So um, that's a, you know, a fairly, you know, thing, good thing to project. And I always thought that Tyreek Hill was going to be more, um, than, you know, just kind of a gadget guy because, you know, they needed him to be. And and the Chiefs, you know, early in the season, I think the Chiefs really made a concerted effort to throw down field. And the guy that they were going to throw down field to um, was going to be Hill, given the rest of their roster. I, I think that's incredibly important. As the emergence of the number one, it, it gives that balance to what they already have in the running game. Uh, and, and Kareem Hunt continues to lead – this league in missed tackles, um, although it has begun to tail off. He, he struggled during that middle stretch where they lost so many games. And even though he broke 100 yards in this last contest, not a lot of broken tackles. Um, I, I know that you know where the uh, the yards at contact are. What does that tell you about what the offensive line and Kareem Hunt are doing together? Yeah, I think one of the, um, the nice things about this last week was that uh, Kareem Hunt – gained almost as many yards before contact as he did after contact. And, you know, that's, uh, I think, an important thing when your offensive line is creating holes because, you know, early, you know, for the last basically since week five, most of Kareem Hunt's yards, and there haven't been many of them, have come after contact, meaning the offensive line is not really uh, creating many holes. Now, you could always sort of walk that back and say, you know, the, the Raiders' defense isn't very good. Um, however, the Chargers' defense, as good as they are, and as a whole, struggle against the run. So there might be some space for, uh, you know, for him to run um, in this game. And in which case, you know, hopefully their balanced offense will kind of allow them to have a little bit more in the passing game. 
Um, but yeah, that, that was a, a nice change in trend this week was the, the Chiefs uh, moving people and, and getting, uh, you know, and getting uh, Kareem Hunt sort of some space. And that's a trend that I think has to continue this next week as they go into this head-to-head matchup with the Chargers uh, for what basically boils down to the AFC West division title. It, what's the one thing that stands out to you as as the primary goal when when playing these Chargers? I mean, I think it's getting Phillip Rivers into positions where he's not comfortable and where he's putting the ball in harm's way. So – you know, Rivers historically has been a pretty good quarterback. I think the Chargers, you know, all set are pretty happy that they that they got him. And um, you know, even though things have they haven't been able to cash in in the playoffs, he's been a very successful um, player. Uh, that said, you know, I think there are games, and especially against the Chiefs, where you know he can just throw the ball away. And so, you know, I think the Chiefs want to put him in that kind of position. And so that's going to mean you know getting pass rush. Uh, a balanced pass rush the way that they got uh, against Oakland with, you know, Chris Jones coming up big again, Justin Houston being kind of himself. Tom Bahali got a quarterback hit in three hurries on Sunday, which is, you know, production from him that we haven't seen all season. Uh, you know, so I think getting Rivers into a position where he's not comfortable, where he's making mistakes. Um, I think Derek John- a big game for Derek Johnson slash Daniel Sorensen, because I think that Hunter Henry is one of the better tight ends in the league. They'll really have to contain him. And then, you know, whomever is covering Keenan Allen's got their hands full. So it's, you know, I think getting Rivers into a position where he's not picking apart defenses the way that he has over the past, you know, two months or so. And when they go the opposite direction, I I look at what Tariq Hill's been able to do in terms of, like you said, Alex been taking deeper shots. He's been averaging better versus his career in the last uh, eight games. Uh, Is this a defense that you think, Tariq Hill can make some hay uh, going deep and trying to stretch that field? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard because Casey Hayward's one of the best corners in the league in terms of uh, allowing passer rating. Um, he's been something like giving up less than like a 20 passer rating over the last like month or so, two months. So I think it's going to be tougher. Um, that That being said, you know, speed kills and it's going to be really hard. It's really hard to sort of man cover speed. So they're going to have to sort of compromise a little bit there. Um, but they're, they're good everywhere. Uh, Desmond King in this slot has been really good. So, you know, it's going to be tougher on guys like uh, Albert Wilson. So I really think this is going to be a game where Travis Kelsey is going to have to beat up their linebackers on the inside um, in order for them to, to have some success. And overall, knowing everything that you know and seeing all these, these different analytics that can lead to conclusions, uh, how do you see this game coming out? Yeah, I see it as I see it as being kind of a kind of the way the betting markets see it. I think I would give a slight edge to the Los Angeles Chargers, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, I, I if I were to try to handicap it, I wouldn't put it at much more than a point or two um in in San Diego's favor or sorry, Los Angeles's favor, <laughs> but um that being said, you know, there are a lot of intangibles. If you look at like kind of prediction markets last week with the with the Raiders, you know, uh I don't know how much was built in in terms of how historically bad Derek Carr has been at, at Arrowhead. And, you know, if you think about Phillip Rivers, ever since the 2013 game where he kind of lit the place on fire, I don't think he's had a good game at Arrowhead in quite some time. So, you know, do you build that into the prediction? Do you, you know, um, you know, do you, 
discount them a little bit, give the Chiefs some, you know, uh, favorability? Do you discount, you know, how much do you bake in the first five weeks versus the, the subsequent, you know, seven weeks versus last week? Um, those are all good questions to sort of ask. So um, I would say I would give a little bit of the edge to the Chargers, but I, it wouldn't be to me any more than 55-45 on either side. Folks, you need to follow him at PFF underscore Eric Eager, all one word. Uh, there's no one at PFF that knows the Kansas City Chiefs better than Eric, and we I really appreciate you coming on and shedding light on all these things that are probably details that the average fan can't see on the field. Uh, we thank you for your time and all your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun. Well, that wraps our week, Chiefs fans. Hope you guys had a good one. Looking forward to this Saturday game against the Chargers for what results in all the marbles in the AFC West. We'll have reaction analysis for you after the game. Uh, Look for that early Sunday, and we will get back to our normal schedule in the rest of the week next week. Thanks for listening today. Enjoy the game, and we will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.